You're listening to Creative Capital, a special limited edition series in partnership with Dropbox for small business owners, content creators, and side hustlers who want tangible tips on how to grow their business. I'm your host, Alex Wolf. Hi, thank you for tuning in to this special limited edition episode partnered with Dropbox. I am your host, Alex Wolf. And today I'm here to talk about why creators own the future. So as of 2020, Signal Fire has released a report with all this really exciting data about how creators are changing the economy. So to define what a creator is, I'm basically talking about content creators, people who create media for social media, whether it be audio, visual media, or anything that is going to entertain, inform, and inspire people on the internet like you and me. So according to Signal Files report, they have noted that there are 50 million creators currently And 2 million of those 50 are professional creators who are building businesses out of this different economic shift. So this creator's economy is projected to be between a $5 to $10 billion industry, according to Media Kicks. And this episode is going to break down how did we get here and what does this mean for you if you're a content creator. And I'll leave you with three ways that you as a creator can capitalize on this exciting time in this very new industry. I think the first question about how we got here, it's really just breaking down the different phases of how social media got popular on the internet And for the first wave, I think it's basically just that social media was created. It was people, engineers, and other folks who are just interested in helping people socialize online coming up with platforms for people to gather and network and share what's going on in their lives. So this was getting very popular in the early 2000s. People definitely were using social media in the 90s, but as I like to say, that was when the internet was more of a hobby. By the time 2007 came around and we started to have more mobile computing, meaning um, computers and internet in our phones, we, I think, turned the internet from a hobby into a way of life. And social media was not just being used it was changing the way that we speak to one another the way that we get our news and definitely the way we consume media which i think is the big disruptor in how the creators industry has come to be so that was the first wave the second wave is that influencer marketing was kind of discovered Now, influencer marketing in this context just basically means that the people who were creating media on these platforms were having tremendous success in influencing purchase decisions from their audience. So, i.e., you have a person who decides to go on YouTube and talk about whatever makeup they love and saw that their audience would quickly go and buy whatever makeup they recommended. And this, of course, got brands and marketers to open their ears and eyes because this type of marketing was um, different to more traditional commercial 
and TV commercial focused marketing and a little bit more intimate and micro in the sense that influencer marketing was used and is used technically with celebrities, but the dynamic between a celebrity and their audience and an internet creator in their audience does have differences that are nuanced. So this was discovered and people I think were and still are figuring out how influencer marketing works how to keep track of it and be able to measure its ROI. And that, I think, is the second wave that put us into where we are now, which is this third wave of creators as a business and companies actually being founded on the economy that creators have um, made through our investments in making content. So that might be buying um, services for email subscriptions or to store our files or anything that's going to help us operationalize our businesses because they have become that much of a lucrative form of industry. So I want to give you three things that you can do as a creator right now to capitalize on this industry. And as I was coming up with this, I'll be honest, I was really like, what advice would I give to my sister? What advice would I give to my brother if they came to me and said, Alex, you know, I'm very excited about everything that's happening. What advice do you have to get started? You know, I'm, I'm a content creator, but I want to grow. I want to build my business in a way where I can make media and get paid for it that's sustainable and stable and provides a living. I get that question asked a lot and here are my three top answers. So the first thing, and you might not want to hear this, <laughs> is to pace yourself. Like I said, these are answers I would give to my family members. So when I say pace yourself, I don't mean that this is going to take forever. What I mean is that a lot of things are moving really fast right now, especially in the media space. And it's really easy to just feel rushed and feel overwhelmed about what decision to make. I think it also feels like if you don't make big decisions really fast that you're going to miss out on something. So when I say pace yourself, I'm just saying slow down a little bit and be very intentional about what moves you're making and try not to make rush decisions just because things are moving fast. For example, you know, different social medias might be getting popular and I feel like that kind of disrupts people from whatever plan of action they were doing before to wanting to switch up everything. So what I'm recommending is to stay away from hasty decisions because it really doesn't matter how quickly things are moving when it when you're really trying to build a media empire because that will always take time. At the end of the day, all of these platforms are going to need the media and you want to focus more on the media than the platform. So instead of rushing and making those fears um, and decisions, making decisions out of those fears, know what your North Star is and focus less on the platforms and more on your intellectual property. So really focus on, okay, if we want to make videos, what do these videos need to be about? How do we want to produce them? Is it just going to be me producing them? Do I want to bring people on to help me with this? Or say you want to work on audio. What is going to be the focus? 
of the audio? What is it going to be about? And are you going to have people help you? What is the production going to look like? The reason why I say this is that all these platforms will need whatever audio or video you use. The big mistake is making stuff for the platform instead of making stuff for your own business. So if the content is strong and has a very intentional um, point of view, whether it be something super instructional or whether it just be something entertaining, the point is that you want to know why you're doing this and who you're trying to educate or inform or entertain and just pace yourself because the other thing that you probably don't want to hear is that you are on a 10-year track. You are on, if not a 20-year track. The point is that this is not something that happens overnight. Um, this is not a short game. It's a long game. And the more you try to force it into a, a short game, the more it's going to feel horrible because you're going to feel like you're behind. You're going to feel like um, really disappointed in what results you're getting versus if you have a long-term mindset, you're going to feel way more on top of things. You're going to feel like you're going at the right speed because you are. Because just because we live in a very instant gratifying economy and culture, it does not mean that um, you're going to experience that when building a business. <laughs> so again, that is advice I would give to a little brother or sister because I want to better prepare you for how to deal with challenges rather so that you can more, more likely overcome them and deal with them realistically than make it seem like, you know, all you have to do is click your heels and you're going to start seeing the results you want. I started creating content over seven years ago and I still feel like we have a long way to go as far as what we want. But the point is that I'm not using a very I'm not using a short mindset or short time period to measure our results I'm using a more long-term mindset and I also encourage you to think about whoever you look up to whatever maybe it's a celebrity an athlete an entrepreneur chances are they've been doing what they've been doing for 10 if not 20 if not 30 years so it's normal to take a long time you're not um, doing anything wrong so that's the first thing you should do if you want to capitalize on this industry successfully and the second thing and this is also probably not what you want to hear because <laughs> it sounds a little boring but i promise you it's not and that is to prioritize networking and building relationships Ooh, so adult and boring i know what I often say is that when I first got started in my company, I would hear that type of advice all the time and I just would close my ears. I just it would go in one ear out the other. I'm not very social. I'm more of an introvert. And to me, when people would say that, I just thought it meant I would have to go into a room with a bunch of strangers and start conversations. And that just was not attractive to me. I just did not see why that would be rewarding. But in hindsight, I'm glad that I can say that it doesn't always have to be an awkward room of strangers. It's going to happen. You're going to have those moments of awkward networking, but it's not going to kill you. But the good news is that networking is not just that. It's also building relationships over time. 
and keeping relationships warm over time. So it's less about meeting new people and more about keeping in contact with people who are on the same track as you and people who are in your industry. So that actually is fun because you end up building friendships, you end up building bonds, you end up building trust. I often say when I sold my first company, the number one question is, why would you do that? It was so successful. It was at its peak. You know, isn't that scary? Why would you give up something so secure? And my answer was, I felt secure about the decision because I had built a network that was so powerful and so supportive that I knew whatever other venture I was going to do, I felt like it would be even easier this time than the first time because the first time I was starting from scratch with no connections and and nothing. So they thought I was crazy, but I felt very supported and I was correct in that because there's nothing like relationships. I think even in life, we underestimate how important relationships are. There's studies that prove that the difference between the quality of life and people who have recorded to say they have the best quality of life is because they have the best quality of relationships. So yes, I again, this is the advice I would give to a family member. Prioritize networking and building relationships. If you're socially awkward, try to learn how to be a better socializer. It's it's not the end of the world. You don't have to close the door just because it makes you uncomfortable or if it's different. It's a skill that you can learn. And honestly, yeah, people can be boring and they can suck sometimes, but they're also really fascinating. <laughs> and you might be surprised by what you find as far as actually enjoying learning about different behaviors and personality types and it can be a very rewarding and exciting experience and I I think another point I want to make is that again instead of trying to find a bunch of new people start with who you know just start with who you know call someone you haven't spoken to in a while check up on people say hey how's it going how how have you been this year let's let's just catch up I want to update you on some of the things I've been working on and I'd love to hear what you're working on and just be a human right it it really does help and it's how business is done I mean that's just the truth again that's why I'm not saying this because it's the right thing to say I'm saying it because it's the real thing to say and I think that's part of why people don't want to hear it people are always asking me for magic buttons and magic tricks and I don't have any. If I did, trust me, <laughs> I would I would tell I would be able to tell you because that's that would be amazing and I would benefit from that. But there's not. So what I would suggest is make a list of all the people, you know, that you think could be supportive or maybe, you know, other people and go from there. You don't have to start with a blank canvas. You don't have to put yourself in that much of an insufferable networking experience. Just start with who you know and they'll introduce you to other people and it also does benefit to just be in front of people as far as posting on social media going to events if it's appropriate to go to events just be in people's point of view or in sight because you will come up first or second or third when someone asks for your particular expertise or whatever your business does all right The third thing that you can do, and this one, you might like this one, actually, it's to put some money aside and figure out where is the most exciting and lucrative place to put it. 
So I want you to picture yourself online shopping and you have found something that you weren't even really looking for, but it is the most amazing thing you've ever seen in your life and you're so happy you found it and you have no doubts that you're going to buy it and you just go right to your PayPal or whatever, your 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 wallet and you put it in. I want you to find an investment for your business that gets you that excited and even start to practice implementing that amount of excitement for investments in your business. We're always excited to buy a new pair of shoes or, you know, buy some new gym equipment or something like that. And it's because we know and have had enough experience to know that it's going to reap its um, investment. It's going to uh, be worth what its value and it's going to give you more value. So start shopping like that for investments in your business. Maybe it's education you want to invest in. Maybe it's paid ads. Maybe it's an event you want to go to. But the point is, put some money aside. Scared money don't make no money, as they like to say. And I think we forget how important it is to invest in our businesses or really just put our money where our mouth is. So what you can do is you can do your own personal analysis and figure out what investment would be the most exciting and lucrative for the plan that you're on right now, your your business plan and and what your plan of action is. So again, those can be paid ads, those can be inventory for some products, um, they can be hiring a new salesperson or hiring someone. And like I said, take that same jolt and that impulse that you would on a cool pair of shoes and spend it on this investment instead. You won't regret it. And if all goes well, the whole point is you'll be you'll be able to buy those cool shoes or whatever it is you want to buy for yourself if you make that money back, right? That's really, I think, such an exciting thing and mindset to have. And uh, another pointer to have in mind is that investing money feels like spending money if you haven't conditioned your mindset correctly. So a lot of people don't like to invest because it feels like they're throwing money away. And that's because they are so used to spending instead of investing. So in the beginning, it will feel like, oh my gosh, this money's gone forever. But after you start to condition your investment mind, you're really seeing how when you put your money into an investment, it's almost like pushing a button for more money to come out, right? So the way I see it now is like when we are able to get a certain client, we know, okay, from this, we'll take this amount and reinvest this in another area of our business because that's the only way we're going to grow. So hopefully that's helpful. And I just want to say it's such an exciting time to be a creative person. It's such an exciting time to be in media. And I hope that you are excited too. So thank you for tuning in and I'll catch you in the next episode. Bye. Thank you for listening to Creative Capital. This episode was brought to you by Dropbox.